Hi, everybody. Welcome to the January 1st edition of Colorado Inside Out 2021. I'm your host, Amit Tazudi, and Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is indeed our special look ahead at 2021, being New Year's Day. It's very apt. We dressed in our finest holiday sweaters last week, so tonight we thought we'd try to look a little more festive, uh, sparkly for the new year. You don't, don't have a whole lot of New Year sweaters, so we went with this. Looking ahead, the biggest story of 2020 is likely to dominate 2021 as we enter the vaccination phase of the pandemic. In December of 2020, a three-phase plan for vaccine distribution in Colorado began. However, since most Coloradans will not receive the vaccine until the summer, life with masks and capacity restrictions will likely remain part of Colorado life in 2021. Patty Calhoun from Westward, there's a lot here to, to break open with the, with, uh, the pandemic, but sticking with the vaccines and how that's probably going to roll out. Do you anticipate a smooth road for Colorado? Let's hope we have a smooth road, but it is going to be a long road, and that's what people are forgetting. You know, we headed out of December. People were finally thinking we can celebrate the holidays a little bit because the vaccine is coming. And by celebrate, I don't mean having a party with 100 people. I mean just thinking optimistically that the next year will be better. But if you're talking about the average citizen not getting a vaccine until maybe summer, you're talking about six more months at least of diminished capacity. Even if restaurants are allowed to reopen, it'll be at a level that makes it almost impossible for them to survive. It is going to be a long, cold winter in Colorado as the vaccine rolls out. So that's if it's smooth. If it hits a lot of bumps, you'll have very discontented populace yelling at the authorities. David Kopel from the Independence Institute and DU Law School. Uh, David, we it was important for us to look back in 2020 at the mistakes made early on in the pandemic so that we don't uh, that we find a way to correct those and not repeat those. Now that we're at the, the, the top of the year in 2021, what are some of the important reminders that, that you think officials need to remember so that we're, we're not looking back at this at the end of 21 saying, man, we really should have done a better job? Well, it, as, as you say, to understand what we need to do in the future, we need to look at how we got in this mess in the first place. The, the SARS-CoV-2 virus was deliberately spread globally by the Chinese Communist Party. The party said that if you lived in Wuhan, you couldn't go anywhere else in China. But if you live in Wuhan, you could go anywhere outside China, anywhere in the world. And so, of course, the virus hit northern Italy first and very hard because northern Italy has a lot of ties, including uh, a labor force from Wuhan. And so that, that's what alignment, economic alignment with the Chinese Communist Party gets you. So in 2021, the Colorado Go Governor's Office of Economic Development and International Trade should immediately halt all projects that try to bring, make Colorado more economically dependent on communist China. Because the fact is, there are no major businesses in communist China that are not puppets of the, of the tyranny. And second, the Colorado governor and the General Assembly should work together to build a large stockpile of emergency reserves. The Communist Party's success with germ warfare in 2020 means that somebody else is going to follow that example in the future. We know the federal government is too incompetent and feckless to build up prudent emergency reserves, including personal protective equipment. So it's up to the Colorado government to do it for the Colorado people. Natasha Gardner, freelance journalist, joins us. Natasha, Colorado's uh, record on childhood vaccines is not stellar. We don't do fantastic compared to the rest of the nation. Do you think our record in looking at the COVID vaccine will be better as we get into 2021? 
Yeah, I think it's very important that we have a consistent and clear message um, from the top down to individuals. I love that my Facebook feed is full right now of nurses sharing stories and doctors sharing stories of getting the vaccine, um, about uh, working at combating some of the false information that might be out of there. Of course, we need to really pay attention to our communities and and people of color. There's an awful history there um, with vaccination and we need to make sure that they have the information they need to um, know uh, that this vaccine is going to be safe and important. The next couple of months are going to be very, very interesting, but it is going to extend far beyond just this summer. Um, in some ways, and I've had this conversation many times with my family members, I can see myself wearing a mask in, in very public situations for a very long time. You know, If it's January 2023 and flu season is raging through Colorado, I could see myself wearing masks. So one of the important things right now is to sit down and really think about what has happened and start planning for the futures, both on a local level, um, on a federal level, on an international level, but within our own homes as we all hopefully start to recover this year. Joey Bunch joins us. Joey Bunch, the deputy managing editor at Colorado Politics. Uh, Joey, what do you think is going to be really important for state officials and even city officials as they roll out the vaccination plan? There is a distinct line that needs to be made before, you know, not everyone can have it at the same time. And there's a, a shortage of supplies, so it's got to be very ordered. But there's already been conversations of who comes first and who is second, who is third. How do you think officials are going to look at this? I think this is going to challenge Jared Polis's communication skill. You know, he's going to have to explain his decisions better than he's done over the last year. But look, you know, I'm a sick puppy. Comorbidity ought to be my nickname. And my doctor's telling me I'm not going to see this vaccine until May or June. But I'm telling you, I'm going to go down to CVS and roll up my sleeve and just wait. I'm ready to get this vaccine. You know, it just feels good that there's hope, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, optimism feels good, partly because we just haven't had much of it in a long time. You know, on the other hand, this is going to be right for another round of disinformation. You know, there was a lot of controversy at the Capitol about vaccines long before any of us had ever heard of Wuhan, China, or COVID-19. But, you know, I got to tell you, if there's a, a microchip in my vaccine, you know, the Chinese are going to think all Americans fall asleep on their recliner every night at 930. But, you know, it's New Year's. Old Lang Syne, everybody. Oh, down south, we call this day drinking. This is part of the rating school that is uh, Joey Bunch. Uh, let's get to our next topic. How Colorado's economy will respond to the vaccine and hopefully the waning of the pandemic is top of pe many people's minds as we enter 2021. While some are hopeful that a second federal response may be possible, a potential bipartisan solution has yet to materialize. Denver's high housing costs are likely to remain. However, shrinking needs for commercial space may lead to a very different downtown experience. Dave, we go to you to this one. The whole idea of commercial space, just with the, the evolution of how we're doing business, I mean, just this show, we have two people remotely. Uh, that's going to change what happens in downtown Denver. And amidst uh, a, a pretty high price that was going on in, I guess, February of 2020, it was pretty prime real estate. What effect is that going to have as we're looking at a full year now of that economic transition in Colorado? It, it's going to be gigantic for downtown because... 
uh, as you say, a lot of uh, places are reali realizing they don't need so much commercial office space, at least a substantial number of their employees actually enjoy working from home. And when they can, they get a raise in a sense because you don't spend an hour a day commuting. Then you make the same amount of money for less time you, you have to put into it. So this is all going to, and this is a change that would have happened eventually, but much accelerated because of uh, uh, the pandemic. So it, it's, it's terrible news for downtown office building owners and also terrible news for down, downtown small businesses that that cater to the downtown workforce like like downtown restaurants and on top of that we saw that nationally that uh, this year the downtowns and adjacent areas like capitol hill and uptown are, are pretty vulnerable to riots and, and looting so in in the short run the economic losses in downtown are going to will be balanced out by economic gains in, in other areas but there is a creative benefit to getting a lot of people together in a dense area. That's what downtown did, and it's not going to do that nearly as much in the future, and that loss may be impossible to make up. Natasha, the uh, restaurants and venues really have taken the brunt of this economically. It's, it's impacted a lot of people, but uh, they, they've taken the brunt. Is there enough time for us to get this vaccination, vaccines out and then recover in 2021 to help restaurants and venues? Or are we looking at a very different Denver and very different Colorado looking ahead? If you're out driving around the city right now, it is already a different city. Um, every time I go out, I see more uh, for lease, for rent, uh, for sale, and the closure notices just keep on coming. Um, we're going to see that throughout 2021. And I think it's important to note uh, kind of two things. One, that this may not be a rapid recovery, at least not for everyone. I'm sure people are going to be excited to get out to restaurants again, but it takes a long time for restaurants and, and venues to sort of build up their work. Think about how long it might take to start a business in 2019. Now put that into a 2021 reality and how long is it going to take these places to recover? I do wish them the most expedited process um, possible, but it's going to take a while. In addition to that, I think we just really have to rethink what normal is. I've been guilty of saying I want to return to normal, but I don't think we have to look very far to know that what was normal may not be what people want in the long run. Um, simply look at the summer and the protests that we had and, and what was happening before may be something we don't need to return to. So as we look at 2021, I think it's important to stop just talking about the work we need to do, but start doing that work and take advantage of this major disruption to start planning a world and a city and a state that we all want to live in. Joy, do you think we'll see a lot of action from officials trying to at least you know, bridge that, that gap to get us to where at least some of the, the restaurants and venues are seeing some more action? What do you think officials are going to do? To, uh, they, you know, they're going to talk about it at the state house. You know, like I said, I was talking to Senator Chris Holbert the other day, and he said, you know, we we've got to grease the wheels to uh, to make it easier to convert a lot of this commercial space, this vacant inventory that's going to be out there, to turn it into residential. But you know, we've seen the kind of fights that we have at the Capitol over construction defects, and this is going to be a, con a construction defects conversation on steroids. But, you know, I'm bullish about the future. You know, I think what if we could bring people back town, downtown with attainable housing, affordable housing in these, you know, if you can turn an old warehouse into a, a, a nice place to live, you can turn an old office building into a nice place to live. And, you know, we don't have to yield downtown to the streets after sundown anymore. You know, let's hope that we have smart leaders who take, make smart decisions going into the future.
I, I love that we're at least having some festivals. There's a lot of pessimism in this as we're looking ahead, but not when you have Joey Bunch around. Uh, Patty, what do you think is going to be key for restaurants, venues, the, the sector hit hardest in 2020 to have any chance of recovery in 21? Well, certainly more help, more financial help now. If they don't own their buildings, understanding landlords. If they do own their buildings, just some money socked away. I go, to, I go downtown every day, and I think people don't understand just how much things have changed. David was talking about the small businesses downtown, the restaurants. If people aren't working downtown, and they're not, then those businesses aren't going to make it either. The good thing is, it's very 1977. If you go downtown, you can find parking, and there's no traffic. You can drive across town in five minutes because people just aren't on the streets. But once they come out of their homes, I think people will be surprised. They're going to come out and they're going to see there is no El Chapultepec. They're going to see that the tattered cover on the 16th Street Mall is gone, albeit it was going before the pandemic, moving into McGregor Square. But there are going to be a lot of other changes we're going to see like that. The Denver we all thought we knew, and everyone has a different view of that, but every single one of those Denvers is going to be changed because so many of our long-term institutions, and that might be the neighborhood bar, neighborhood bookstore, they are really fighting for their lives now. Due to the pandemic last year, the Colorado legislative session was somewhat truncated. This year's session will need to address a variety of issues, including the results of last year's election. Since voters approved a paid family leave program, legislators will be working to make it a reality. However, it will also become an enterprise program, which will have a fee that will need voter approval due to last year's election. Uh, Natasha, we start with you. What do you think are going to be some of the priorities we see out of the legislative session this year? Well, if legislatures are making a wish list right now, um, I hope they started fresh because if they were picking up from last year, it may not be relevant today. There's just so much need in this state right now. We saw that with the special session. You know, they had a shortened session. They had to come back and get some more work done because the need was so great. Their lists are going to be very long. The problem is there's not a lot of money to go around. Um, and then meanwhile, as you mentioned, with the paid uh, the Family Leave Act, I mean, there's interest in the state to make some changes, some big changes. Um, but where are we going to get the funding to be able to do this? This is going to be a tricky session for everyone involved. Fortunately, we have a lot of policy wonks up at the Capitol and a lot of people who, who this is why they're there. So let's see what they can do this year. Well, one of the many people are going to be there is our guy, Joey Bunch, probably virtually being 21. But what do you think is going to happen to the legislature this year, Joey? You know, I tell you what, sometimes making the sausage gets awfully lumpy, and that's the proposition that we have in front of us this year. You know, Natasha's absolutely right. You know, it's going to be about money. You know, they, they, when the economy is booming, you have the problem that you have is how to spend it. When the economy is as it is now, it's how to find it. And you've got a new legislature that's coming in thinking they're going to change the world when what we need them to do is save the world. You know, they the one law that I guarantee you that we're going to pass this year is the law of unintended consequences. A lot of what we do this session, we'll be back to fix next session when the, hopefully the world looks a lot better. You know, just, just, you know, wake me up in 2022 and tell me how it turned out. Oh, I got a little something for you. <laughs> even, even pyrotechnics. What, what, can, what can't uh, Joey Bunch do, Patty? Um, the legislature, like Joey mentioned, there's probably a long list of things they want to do, but that may not coincide with what they need to do or what they can do. 
when we're looking back at this year's legislative session, what do you think are going to be some of the highlights? The amount of aspirin everyone has consumed because the headache of trying to make the budget work is going to be unbelievable. We got some good news two weeks before, uh, two weeks before now, that the economy isn't as bad in Colorado as it could be. But that's saying that leaves a lot of room when we were in a very good economy before. We're dealing with all the unintended consequences. Joey points out from what we passed in November, that they're going to have to figure out this family leave. We're going to suddenly see how getting rid of the Gallagher Amendment may not be as rosy as everyone thinks when they get their property tax assessments and their tax bills. It's going to be a really tough year to balance all the different interests and try to find all those room for them in the budgets. David, are legislators this year going to be waking up uh, with a hangover remembering the party that was the election, which voters passed almost everything, and now legislators have to actually live with that? What are some of the realities that going to come home to roost? Well, let's talk, talk about two things that, that, that passed. The, the paid family initiative uh, said that government can raise taxes for this uh, indefinitely with no limits and never having to ask the voters. And that seems is in, will inevitably happen because the current payroll tax level of 1% probably isn't even close enough to keep this, this problem, program solvent in the long run. And the, the proponents tried to exempt it from the taxpayers' bill of rights by saying that the 1% payroll tax isn't a tax, it's a fee. But the voters also adopted an initiative on fees. And it says when a fee extracts over $100 million from the people, then the people get to vote on the fee. So which one is going to prevail? Well, probably the Colorado Supreme Court will say that because the uh, paid leave unlimited tax increase initiative got more votes than the uh, requirement for uh, votes on fees, that the the uh, family leave thing can, ra can raise taxes indefinitely without consent. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock and the Denver City Council will need to continue to tackle the problem of homelessness and their own drama in 2021. Uh, Public-private partnerships began to create small sanctioned encampments late in 2020, but may become a sustainable guide to tackling the problem in 20 2021. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. Uh, Joey, we start with you on this one. Uh, the Denver City Council and the Denver Mayor gave us a whole lot of drama in 2020. Do you see any of that going away this year? Well, you know, yeah, a lot of these ideas have promise, but what they don't have is commitment. And commitment has been the missing ingredient for years in a lot of these solutions. You know, I just don't know where the middle ground is, you know. The, um, you know, just like most of our problems, people don't see with their own eyes or feel with their own hearts. If they did, I think that we could find a solution that's both pragmatic and compassionate. But, you know, I don't see that kind of will in our, lead, in our, in our leaders. You know, I'm telling you, Patty, people need to get right with God. Mm, that's good, folks. It's, it's, it's so fantastic, this juxtaposition of all these different takes about, you know, what things might go wrong in 2021 and Joey celebrating. It's a great, great juxtaposition, but it's fun. Uh, Patty, we've enjoyed talking about the drama from the Denver City Council and the mayor's office around this table, but do you think it will magnify this year or a little bit more of a kumbaya year? Oh, we are going to be fighting like cats and dogs, not just at this table, but city council for sure, because there's not a lot of agreement and there are going to be 
there's going to be less money, so people are going to be fighting harder for what's there. And look at the big projects we've got going on in Colorado, in Denver and Colorado. But in Denver, all of a sudden, we've been taxed ourselves to help with the homeless. So people are going to be paying a lot more attention to where their money is going. And when they get back out and they drive on the streets of Denver, they're going to see that their people are still homeless on the streets. They're going to see, once they can start flying again, that... DIA is still a mess. They're going to see as they get out in downtown Denver that the mall still is going to be reconstructed. reconstructed, And they're going to look at I-70 and they're going to look at the National Western Center and say, what's going on there? So there are a lot of big issues ahead. David, do you see any resolution to some of this stuff? I mean, it sounds like a whole lot on the council and the mayor's plate, that not necessarily a whole lot of improvement from last year. Um, uh, which will be a the same, I think, going forward. You know, it was, it was 2007 when then Denver Mayor John Hickenlooper announced a bold program to end homelessness in the city within 10 years, which finished up in 2017. And it was called Denver's Road Home. And that didn't work. The problem's worse than ever in Denver. And you can't really say that the record of the Denver city government inspires confidence that it's going to be able to solve the problem. And maybe it's an insoluble problem. Natasha, we go to you to wrap this up. Uh, do you anticipate uh, more drama from the Denver City Council and Mayor Hancock in 21? Yes, I do. I think we're just starting to see um, a little bit of what those conflicts might look like um, and perhaps within the council itself. I think right now, I, yes, we have the pandemic. Yes, we have um, a constrained financial situation. There are plenty of reasons why people might fight. You know, if you think about your sort of family, these are the type of things that can make discord happen with any group of people, let alone a group that wasn't necessarily getting along all that well to begin with. Um, and it might be unfortunate. We'll see. Does that breed innovation? Does that breed uh, important conversations? Or do we end up in a situation where we're not making the progress we need to do? I think that's where Denverites um, and people actually around the state, we could apply this to the state as well, really need to pay attention this year. Pay attention to where your money's going. Pay attention to what's happening. Use your voice to ask for the things you need in your communities. Usually this part of the show, we go disgrace the week or say something nice. Hard to do when you're looking ahead. So we go to some predictions. Uh, we'll start with a global or national prediction sponsored by the Colorado Optimist Club. Just teasing about that one. Dave, uh, Patty, please start. Sponsored by Dominion Voting Systems. If they have their way and are as corrupt and competent as people think, we will have a Democratic Senate. I don't think it's going to get there. But I will say, I think we'll have a good voice with John Hickenlooper in the Senate. He seems to have gotten some of his mojo back, and really, he's got nothing to lose. He's already been mayor. He's already been governor. He can cause some trouble, but cause some trouble that I hope will speak to what we all need to hear these days. David. Xi Jinping, the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, had a great year in 2020. He turned a uh, crisis at the start of the year into an opportunity by deliberately export, exporting uh, the virus. And in doing so, he in, exposed the incompetence, selfishness, shirkingness, and narcissism of Donald Trump and helped him uh, help Trump lose the election. And so Trump is going to be gone and will be replaced by an administration uh, whose head and uh, nominated subordinates uh, are all very much in the uh, communist appeasement camp. So the power of communist tyranny is going to continue to grow globally in 2021. Natasha, your global or national prediction? 
We're going to squeeze two in really quick on an international level. We've known that there are huge disparities between countries around the world. Um, the vaccine disbursement is only going to show that more and it's going to extend extend well beyond 2021 um, and perhaps for years. Um, in addition to that, on a lighter note, I also think that sales of pajamas and uh, sweatpants will go down in 2021. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Uh, Joey, what's your global or national prediction? Well, my prediction is sponsored by the ghost of Hugo Chavez, uh, George Soros, and the Clinton Foundation. But I believe that in the year ahead, I see in my crystal ball that we will get back in the Paris Climate Accord. The fossil fuel industry won't like it, but China will. Well, now it's time for a local prediction. Uh, Patty, what's your local prediction? Well, number one, that the mayor's race for 20, uh, what is it, 2023, mm -hmm. has started today on January 1st. There is going to be a lot of jockeying for position, and it's going to be kind of a thankless new job because you think about it, where, what is the Denver we love? What is the Denver we want to preserve? What is the Denver we want to see emerge from this pandemic? And it is going to be a big challenge. But what we can look to, so many of the residents of Denver have really stepped up, been helpful to each other. They could be a lesson to city council and other elected officials. David. One, if the Biden administration makes some appointments based on virtue and talent, Andrew Romanoff is going to get a great job. Two, once Joey finally gets that vaccine, we're all going to have a great post-show cast lunch with Joey's traditional favorite meal of Lucky Charms and bourbon. <laughs> well, Natasha, we go to you for your local prediction. Sign me up for that that party. Um, locally, I think that, uh, first of all, I hope that we take some time in 2021 to mourn the people that we've lost, the businesses that we've lost. There's, there's so much sadness that we need to take time and space for. But also, if we look at the Roaring Twenties, I think we have a lot of indications that people are going to have a lot of fun. We've missed celebrations. We've missed anniversary, anniversaries. We've missed milestones. And, and now we might have time to start um, embracing and celebrating those again. And including, you know, Lucky Charms and Bourbon. <laughs> well, speaking of Lucky Charms and Bourbon, a great segue to our friend Joey Bunch, your local prediction. I am changing my nickname from comorbidity to Lucky Charms and Bourbon. I predict that Republicans are going to struggle to find a capable challenger to Jared Polis in 2022. And I predict that in the next two years, I'll be predicting what Jared Polis is going to do in his second term. Well, I'll get in on the fun. Local prediction-wise, I'll be an optimist here. At some point, it may not be early in the season, but at some point, I'll be greeting uh, folks at the Red Rocks uh, concert series that uh, PBS 12 usually offers every summer. Uh, hopefully, later in the summer, we're optimistic. Uh, you know, who, who knows? Maybe maybe June and July, but at least September, uh, August, September, maybe uh, celebrating either some Beatles music or some Led Zeppelin music up at Red Rocks. That is all the time we have for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our glimpse into the crystal ball for 2021. Uh, we are so grateful for the lasting support of all of our viewers, and we hope to see you throughout ne uh, next year for another year of fun. I'm Dominic Dizzuti, and from all of us at PBS 12, we hope you all have a wonderful new year. Thanks for watching.